Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. I love the conversation about what's really true because I think it's probably more important than ever. What's interesting is, you know, you go backwards 20 years ago or 15 years ago or even 10 years ago, the media has always existed and it's always tried to control the narrative. I don't think that's anything new. I think the problem or the challenge that we're up against today is what is the media? Because it's not just Fox News. It's not just CNN. You know, the tech companies are controlling the algorithms. They're controlling our feed. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know, half of Congress is cheering and the other half is just sitting there smug. That's our country. And if you think about your algorithm or your feed, you could literally be sitting right next to somebody and look at your feed and look at their feed. And you're getting two different sides to the same story. And that's what, when you say what's true, I think this is such an important conversation because what's true is not overly clear. And that's why I think having conversations with people and being in groups like GoBundance, that's why it's not just going to masterminds to be in masterminds. It's not joining these groups just to be in groups. I love sitting and having conversations like what's going on in the world? You know, how do I, how, how do I see through this? Like what is true? Uh, just thinking about emotional intelligence you know, there's been so much emphasis in the last, you know, 50 years, hundred years on intellectual intelligence, IQ. Um, but I think the emotional intelligence piece of all of this, especially in times like this, there's a lot going on in the world. Uh, you know, also just thinking through it, like which side's right and which side isn't the emotional intelligence piece of this is, is super important even on a day-to-day basis, whether it's our portfolio, whether it's here in, you know, stock news, just even, depending on what investments you're in, watching your portfolio, you know, drop and, or, or increase like that's, that all requires emotional intelligence dealing with a team, uh, having challenging times. Like we went through with COVID where a team adjusts or, you know, things don't go as planned. This is really what it takes in life is to have a high level of emotional intelligence. And I work with a coach that talks about an anchoring mechanism. And so I've learned if I saw, if I feel myself getting triggered around something, just tapping, you know, tapping the finger. Nobody even sees me doing it, but it's an anchor for me because I know that it brings me back to, okay, what's really going on here? I don't need to react. I don't need to respond. And I don't, I think it's really easy to just kind of wax over the importance of emotional intelligence and slowing down and not being triggered because that we have an opportunity to be triggered left and right right now. There's kind of a theme here talking through this. I mean, we're talking about emotional intelligence and then you start talking about fundamental um, investing off of fundamentals. And I started thinking about, I started considering a lot of people that are, you know, trading stocks or investing or whatever, they're getting their information from somebody else a lot of times. Cause a lot of times that's not, that isn't fundamental investing. The thing around this is critical thinking. And we were having this conversation yesterday in the GoBundance group, Paul Sloat, somebody asked him, so like, what do you do? And he said, invest in real assets. That's a fundamental conversation, right? But so many times people will come I've heard Kiyosaki say this so many times, like somebody will be like, what should I invest in? And he's like, I don't know. Like, you know, what kind of investor are you? Like, how much money do you have? There's no critical thinking around that. And I think, I think there could be some value if we bring this down to, it's a great conversation around emotional intelligence, the fundamental investing, 
but also like critical thinking. So if you really just, if you play this out, which I think is what we normally do when we're wargaming situations or thinking about what's going on, whether it's inflation, whether it's the war in Ukraine, you know, Ukraine's the, Ukraine's the, you know, one of the largest suppliers of wheat or any of these things, it's just critical thinking. Like what's going to happen with oil? What's going to happen with uh, commodities that are impacted by that? It's just critical thinking. This is kind of where my brain's been the last couple of weeks when I think about, you know, the fundamental side of it, the critical thinking, the emotional side of it. I've been thinking to myself for, I'm going to say at least months, but maybe even longer. When you drive around and you see the amount of apartments that are being built and you see the amount of houses that are being built and you see the prices of these houses and you see the prices that apartments are selling at apartment complexes, I'm like, we there's part of me, and this is the emotional intelligence piece. We are schizo. And I think when you were talking about, when you're talking about the echo chamber in Congress, I think we need to do this in our own brain because there's part of me that thinks, you know, it's challenge. This is critical thinking though. There's part of me that's like, man, I don't know. Everything's expensive and, and I don't know what it's going to end like. But then there's another part of me that's like, well, we're short on all these units and everything else. So the critical thinking part of me, the emotional intelligence part of me sits back and says, okay, what are the fundamentals? And I don't know if you, I started looking over the last couple of weeks, there was 300, there was less than 350,000 apartment units that came online in 2021. When I look around, if you would have asked me, if you would have asked me like how many apartments have been built, like in my brain, I, I think there's millions because everywhere I look, um, I just see apartments going up and I see you know, but there's not, there was only three, there was less than 350,000 apartment units that came online last year. That's not enough. And so my emotional brain tells me, oh my God, we're overbuilt. We're, we're overpriced. Like there's a crash coming, like this has to drop. But then when you start fundamentally looking at, you know, the statistics behind it and we're 4 million houses short, single family houses, and you look at the, the number of apartments that are coming online, which again, my emotional brain says they're everywhere. We're overbuilt. It's not true. But lately, just back to the fundamentals on real estate, I've found myself just thinking and, and saying, and when somebody asks me, if something happens, if there's a blip, I don't think that real estate, I don't know that real estate's going to have this major crash or implosion, but do we need to be able to get through some period of cash flow time where maybe your tenants aren't paying you, you know, COVID? like eviction moratorium. We were fortunate, like most of us in the apartment space and mobile home park space and all that. Most people got paid. I actually think that, you know, it was smaller landlords that probably really struggled, um, but most people paid their rent in. And again, this is a, this is a generalized statement. I know there's a lot of markets, a lot of States where that wasn't the case, but I think when you're invested in the right areas and in the right segment, which again, this is all fundamentals, I think at the end of the day, though, as long as you can cash flow through a certain period of time, that's one of the things that we really need to start talking about is like, how much do you have in reserves to where if a tenant isn't paying you for three months or six months, can you get through that? Because as long as you've got long-term debt, that's by the way, half of what inflation is, or maybe even more, uh, depending on where this goes to, and the asset price is probably going to continue to go up over time if it's maybe not like it has the last couple of years where it's 10 or 15 or 20% in some markets, but it's probably going to continue to go up. I've never been an appreciation investor where I'm like, okay, I'm going to count on it going up 5% every year, but it's probably likely going to go up. I think there's just really two things when we talk about fundamentals. Can you cash flow through a downturn? 
And how long is that? Nobody knows, but can you cash flow for a certain period of time? And then do you have enough equity in the property? I think it's important too to understand what seasons we're in. And you have to start thinking through a different lens and use that knowledge and information and wisdom and the emotional intelligence and the fundamental knowledge that you've gained through the process to make better decisions. If you found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you'd take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.